It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to the second of our summer specials at Nottingham Forest as we look back on the season just gone and forward to what's coming in the Premier League with some different figures in and around the club. I'm delighted to be joined today by a person not many people will know, but they'll have seen a lot of his work in forest photographer Richie Sumter. Hi Richie, how are you? Very good, thank you. Are you? Yes, good, thank you. Good, thanks for joining us. How does it feel to have, um, you know, chronicled the season just gone? It's certainly the most special one we've had for a long time. Is it pretty mad? Yeah, well, speaking personally, it's just something that I've been waiting for for so long. And I know that so many fans have have had that feeling of relief more than anything. Um, It's just been such a strange season to document, but also the best I've ever been a part of. Yeah, I mean, tell us a bit about yourself, how you got into photography and sports photography and, and into forests. What kind of journey has it been? Um, so basically, from leaving school, I had the odd job here and there. Um, I actually wanted to play basketball leaving school. I went to college to play um, and did a sports science degree on the side. But unfortunately, I got a bad injury, so that was cut short. Um, and then my dad just said to me, as he's a photographer, why don't you come and join me? We'll see how it goes. Obviously, I'd been doing forest games with him from the age of 10, um, most home games, and it worked. So we did forest together. We did Notts County together. We did lots of PR, commercial business jobs together. And then from the last five or six years, I've been self-employed and, yeah, I've been following the Reds with a camera and without a camera ever since. Uh, We often talk on this podcast about you know scoring goals and if strikers have it or are taught it do you think is photography something you you can learn or do you have to have some natural flair to it do you think um I think a bit of both I mean when I first joined up with my dad he said to me would you rather go to college and learn there or would you like me to just teach you the things that I've learned and the things that I sort of have in my locker and I just said well as we're working together it'd make more sense if you taught me the things that you know and we'll go from there. So, yeah, I think a lot of the things that you pick up along the way as well, speaking to different people, a lot of sports photographers. Um, even now, I still go on YouTube and check out tips and things like that. But I'm always about learning. So, yeah, I'm not afraid to say that I always want to learn and will still want to uh, keep learning now. Yeah. So what we're going to do is Richie has uh, kindly sent in a selection of his favourite photos through the season and we'll put them on the screen. Now, obviously, if you're listening to this on iTunes, it's not ideal. So, we'll, but we'll, I think it'll still work, and I'll post them on my Twitter feed or on the podcast Twitter feed at Garibaldi Red underscore. Uh, so, hopefully, if you are listening on iTunes, this will still work and be interesting. Um, you said to me on email, it was hard to pick out the photos. <laughs> How long yeah, did it take it was, you? Uh, it was like picking out my first ten pictures after Wembley on Instagram. Um, yeah, there should be a feature now where you can select more than ten because it was one of the hardest tasks of my life. Never mind 
uh, of taking pictures. But yeah, when you said pick five from the season, after the season we've had, it was impossible. So yeah, I think I've sent you seven or eight instead. Yeah, I think we've got it down to eight. So yeah. um, we'll just go through. I'll put this first one on screen that Rich has selected. So um, it's from the, I think you were saying it's from the first home game of the season, Scott McKenna's goal. Why did you pick this one out? Yeah, so it was obviously the first goal celebration that I'd covered from the season. And it's still probably one of the best ones that I've taken, not just from the season, but in general. I think it's just very uh, aesthetically pleasing, shall we say, with the uh, the whole of the Brian Clough stand, well, almost the whole of the Brian Clough stand in the background. In the uh, got Zinkenagel and Gabriel midair jumping onto McKenna. And you can see a lot of the guys running up behind to join them. I think it just it fits perfectly of what you're looking for for a, a celebration shot. Because uh, there had been, was it the first game with a full crowd back? I can't even remember. Yeah, it was because I can remember when I uh, posted some pictures after the game. It was obviously disappointing to lose the game against Bournemouth, but I was just saying how nice it felt to actually hear fans back in the stadium because I'd covered the uh, the games through COVID and the atmosphere wasn't there. It was great, obviously, winning games when we did, but there was no actual sort of roar of the crowd that gave you that buzz after the goals or after a win. Um, so, yeah, it was just nice to have everyone back in the city ground again. Yeah, I did games during the pandemic. It was miserable. Even when they won, it didn't, yeah. it didn't feel the same. I mean, even in photography, it makes a difference having the crowd there, doesn't it? That picture's not the does, same yeah. as she stands. I mean, being a Forest fan as well, when the uh, when the goals go in, you, you do get excited as well. And the bigger games especially, I'm sort of, I'm screaming through the camera as well, and ta- as well as taking pictures. So uh, I think people would have been looking at me a bit bizarrely should I have been shouting in an empty stadium. What makes it a good photo? What are you looking for? Is it capturing emotion? Is it lighting? Uh, what, what goes into a good sports photograph, do you think? Well, that's the thing. During different stages of the game, the lighting's always going to be different. So you you get used to the settings on your camera when the uh, like the darkness hits on an evening game or should there be a sunset or an early early kickoff when the, the sun's blazing through the stadium. But um, more from a point of view is you want to pick out that emotion and a lot of the time you, you kind of do hope the players run towards you. Um, I'm not going to lie, I do have a cheeky word with a couple of the lads before the game, so don't forget where I'm sat because obviously... <laughs> We'll get some. Uh, we'll get some nice pictures over to you. Should you score and celebrate and run towards me? Um, but yeah, like you say, I think it's capturing that emotion, and uh, it's always good seeing the fans behind the uh, the players celebrating as well. I think. Oh, we'll come on to the next one in a minute, but this one's a day game. I think a lot of the ones you picked are day games, not exclusively. Do, do you prefer photographing day games over night games? Because you know, night games have that special atmosphere. Does yeah, it make a difference but, photographically? No, I actually prefer the night games. To be fair, I think there's. Uh, there's something special about uh, having that walk from the office down to the uh, the side of the pitch and seeing the lights and the uh, just, yeah, like you say, that atmosphere is a lot different on a night game. I don't know why, but I think everyone would say they they prefer night games under the lights at the city ground. Um, we'll go on to the next one that you've picked out and it's from one of the crucial games of the season, uh, Bristol City away. Lyle yeah. Taylor's celebrating. Is that the winner? I tell you, not the, not the penalty. Yeah, that was the winner because uh, I couldn't quite understand why he'd not celebrated his penalty because obviously we'd equalised in the 90th minute, 91st minute, but you then got a feel of why they didn't celebrate because, I don't know, since Steve Cooper came in, they, they wouldn't settle for anything more than a win. So 
to see a Forest side score in the 90th minute away from home and not celebrate to actually go back and want to get the winner, which they did. I personally haven't really seen much of that before. So it was, I don't know, it was a surreal feeling. And then obviously what was to follow, as you can see in the picture, you've got the rain, you've got Lyle with pink hair flying about and just like you say, capturing that that emotion from uh, from after the, uh, it was actually after all the celebrations, he then back, turned back around on his own and gave it a good scream. So yeah. One yeah. of the best games that I've been to. And it was actually the first away game that I covered of the season as well. So I remember sat there for 89 minutes thinking, I've come to Bristol. I've sat in the rain for two hours and I've got nothing. And then obviously that happened. So, yeah, it was all worth it. Um, you're kind of in and around the camp, aren't you? I don't know how close you get in with the players and the manager, but could you feel... Uh, things were changing and I think that was around the time the ball really started rolling and belief was picking up could you feel that yourself? Yeah you you kind of get um, a glimmer of hope when a new manager comes in but when Steve came in with everyone in his backroom staff there was something different I couldn't tell you what it was but the togetherness of the squad was so much more apparent to everyone and the working environment was brilliant. Not that it wasn't before, but it had just gone up a level. And obviously the game started picking up with wins and you could sense that something was happening. I mean, probably when he first came in and then the points started racking up and we were moving up the table, people would probably be thinking, great, top half finished. Like from where we started, it, it would have been brilliant. But from where we were to where we went to, it was just incredible. Is this your favourite photo, actually? Just looking at it in terms of the aesthetics of it with the rain and everything. Is this the is this the best one technically in the group that you've chosen, do you think? Potentially, yeah. I remember the drive back with a couple of the media lads and um, I remember saying to them, I can't wait for you to see the pick of Taylor that they're going to post when, um, when they got them off because obviously the celebrations after the game well, sorry, after Lyle's second goal were brilliant and they went on for so long. And then obviously at full time, the guys came back out onto the pitch and were celebrating with the fans. Because it was raining so hard as well, I'd not actually got time to get the laptop out. So it was probably about half an hour after the game that I'd actually got back up into the press room to look at the pictures and sent them away. So, yeah, I remember thinking, wow, this is a cracker that I've got here and I know that people are going to love it. So yeah, you could. I think you could say it was probably the best one that I've taken during the like the regular season. Obviously, with Sheffield United and Huddersfield at Wembley aside. Do you know it's a cracker when you're taking it in the moment, or do you have to look back at it on the laptop and realise, oh, that's a good one, that's a bad one? Yeah, I think there's probably a bit of both. I think at the time you you think I can't miss, but <laughs> like I say, two goals in ninety minutes. I'm I'm more excited than anyone, especially behind the camera. So you probably see. Or I talk about a couple of the games, like especially Sheffield United in the in the playoffs. A lot of the pictures were so blurry because I was actually screaming so hard when we won that I couldn't actually keep the camera straight. But there is a level to it where you, you do actually have to think, no, I've got a job to do here and you're not celebrating with everyone else. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I celebrated the penalties. I mean, press box etiquette. I've talked about this on here. You don't celebrate goals in the press box for the Sheffield United ones couldn't help it it was just yeah oh, it was absolutely exhausting emotionally it incredible was. game uh next one and i think i'm doing this chronologically you'll have to correct me if i'm not yates's celebration was that qpr you were saying 
Yes, QPR at home. Um, I think it was 1-1 at half-time. The rain was absolutely slinging down all game. I'd, I'd literally just bought a new Mac, MacBook Pro as well. And I was so tentative about getting it out during the game because I was thinking, first game with a new shiny laptop and I don't want to get it wet. Um, and then we sort of took it up at a level in the second half. I remember, in fact, I think we might have been 1-0 down at half-time. I remember Spence scoring. An absolute yeah, the long-range goal, yeah. Yeah, and then... He went to celebrate, but the rest of the guys ran back to the halfway line, which again shows what Steve Cooper's side is like. And then we scored again, and then we scored again, and it was just, it was just amazing. And thankfully, they were—I think it was after Brennan's goal to make it three-one. They ran over this side, and I've got the uh, the ground staff sat next to me, as you can see in the foreground on the right-hand side. And I just managed to capture Yatesy jumping on it because it's either him or. Cafu jumping on top of the pile when we celebrate. Um, they're always good value for a, for pitchers, these two. But I think because you can see the rain, you can see a bit of the light and it's an evening match as well. It, it's uh, it's a standout one for me. Yeah, and you've got, like you say, you've got the grind staff. You've got Keenan, who's on the bench. He's in a jacket running yeah. in. It shows that togetherness. Um, who's your favourite player to photograph from this bunch then? Um... I think Yatesy, like I say, Yatesy is always really good value for facial expressions because he uh, he's very, um, what should we say the word is, he's got a good character. So I, I know he just gives 100% throughout the game and you can capture that, I think, in the pictures. Hmm. He wears his heart on his sleeve, I guess, doesn't he? He really does, yeah. Anyone who's yeah. difficult to photograph, who Not actually really. you think tries to avoid getting in yeah. the camera? Not really. I mean, when we uh, when we stand there for the uh, the guys arriving at the start of the day, Scott McKenna always pulls his hood over his face or pulls his zip over his face to uh, to try and avoid me. But I know it's all in the, in good spirit. But the rest of the guys are always smiley and thumbs up. But yeah, I think Scott McKenna likes to have a bit of a joke when he when he arrives. Then you've loved the spotlight. Last one on these. You think anyone who actually loves just being photographed just to be. I don't think it's a case of being love photographed. I think they just, I think they just enjoy what they do. And why, why wouldn't you really? I mean, you, you come in to play football in, in front of so many fans and to have the season that we've had, why wouldn't you want to be photographed? Let's go on to the next one. And I, I think I'm doing it in order still. It's Bree Samba during the shootout, you were saying. Yes, this was the, uh, the after the second penalty save. I think it was... Connor Hurrahan that he saved the penalty from. I don't know how his hands not moved when he saved that as well because he uh, he stood still, put his hand out, and it's like crashed against the bar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember him turning round and sort of looking at the fans, and I think we were all thinking at that point we were actually going to do this. And for us to think Forest are going to win a penalty shootout in the semi-finals of playoffs, it's just yeah, another unreal feeling. And I think. After the next penalty went in, I think it was uh, might have been Steve Cook or Cafu that we scored. I thought, right, we're definitely winning this. What are you, what are you doing when it goes to a shootout? Because you have a set position, or do you have a set position at games? You allocate. Yeah, a so I normally sit um, right near the corner flag of the Emra attacking. So if it's towards the away fans' first half, I will sit in front of the A block towards the corner flag. And then opposite side in the second half, just in front of the uh, the family stand and the Trent end where it meets in the corner there. So obviously full time hits and we go to extra time. So I'm down one end, half time then back down the other end and then penalties and I'm back down the other end again. So 
there was a lot of steps taken that night. Um, but I sort of, I thought of the best place to sit for the reactions. I was thinking not more of the, uh, the penalties themselves, but the reactions. And obviously I was, I was, uh, picked a good place for Brees on that one. And there are a few photographers jostling for position there. Have you all got the same sort of thought process? Well, thankfully, I'm in a good position where I'm the only one allowed to sit the side that I do. Um, so the rest of the photographers sit in front of the Brian Clough stand um, and I sit the other side. Me and Casey, the club photographer, uh, club videographer, sorry. Mm. We both sit on the, uh, the home dog outside. Why do you like that side? Is that a technical, is that a superstition or just a technical thing? Or? Not really. It's just, I think while I'm the only one sat there, I'll probably be getting pictures that others won't while they're, uh, if they run towards me, like I say, it's great because I will be the only one getting those pictures. Mm-hmm. What are you going for during that shootout, um, that victory? There's so much going on. How, yeah. you know, how, how do you pick out what you're going to photograph when everyone's <laughs> running so, to yeah, so my, my mates were asking me this after the game. They said, what what were you feeling like at the end of the uh, the shootout? So my thought process was, right, if we if we win this, I'm going to take pictures of the guys running towards Brees. I'm going to take pictures then of Brees celebrating. And then I'm going to run on and get the guys celebrating in a huddle. I took pictures maybe for... Uh, half a second of the guys running towards Brees. I didn't get anything of Brees celebrating because there was probably 20 or 30 fans in front of me already. And by yeah. the time I got onto the pitch to get a picture of the huddle, there was probably a hundred people on Brees already. So it was madness. And then by the time I'd realized how far I was onto the pitch, I then couldn't get out. So I was just stood there taking photos of people screaming in my face and then just trying to jostle all the way out and trying to find any players. I couldn't find any players whatsoever. So I just made my way slowly to the uh, the tunnel area and then I got a few from the sidelines then, but I didn't care at the point. It was just great to be a part of. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. is it a bit, is, was it a write-off on the pitch then? You couldn't get anything from that because it was just too chaotic. Yeah, pretty much. I, got, I did get some good stuff, but like I say, it was almost as if I was a fan that just happened to have a camera around my neck at the time and I was celebrating. I saw like... A handful of my mates at the wall, so gave them a hug as I was leaving the uh, the pitch as well. But it, it was uh, it was just great. Uh, I've missed one. I'm going to go back chronologically. Yeah. I'll touch on this one briefly. The Forza banner before yeah. the Swansea home game. What what is it about this one that you like? You've got the players in the huddle with all the flags. Yeah. That, that's what you're going for. I think um, Forza have played an absolute blinder this season as well. By the way, but. Um, that one especially, no matter what will be behind you. I think it just shows, like you say, the togetherness of the uh, the team, but not only that, the fans. I think mm. the fans have been more behind the team than ever this season. And to get a sellout every week from however long it's been throughout the season, it's just been incredible to see, like, like you say, taking pictures in front of an empty stadium to go into a sellout crowd every week. It's just been like the roar has been different this season, I've always said. Um, I've not heard it as loud as as this season, ever. No, nor have I. That Sheffield United game, the semi-final, we've yeah. discussed this before, but when it's 3-3 three, three, yeah. uh, on aggregate, that's as loud as I've heard it. That was mental. Um, and you should say that because you'd think years gone by, games of that importance, and we've gone from 2-1 up to level at 3-3 three, three in the playoff semi-final, and you do get those nerves in the crowd, but I can remember them singing Forest and Magic for a good... 15 20 minutes through the uh 
through the extra time period and I was I was tingling at the side of the pitch and there were times where I was thinking I'm I'm actually holding back like a few tears here because you could tell how much passion was showing through the fans and how much they wanted it. Are you in the dressing room after games? Are you or are no? You... I don't. I don't go in. Uh, if there's obviously when mascots return, whenever they do, we uh, we do get access to the dressing room before the game to get to walk around with the mascots and have the pictures with players. But after the game, no, I did actually try and get in the dressing room after the game uh, against Sheffield United. But I said to Steve as he as he came out the dressing room, I said, "Steve, can I get in there?" And he said, "No, save it for Wembley." Which ah, I thought we'll come on to that. that was really good, yeah. That's interesting. He said that at the yeah. time because he obviously showed the belief that. Oh god, yeah, go it shows what sort of man he is as well. He's like taking nothing for granted either, is he? Yeah, true, true. Let's go on to Wembley then. Yeah, uh, is the next one full time at Wembley? That's one of ours, isn't it? Is that yours or mine? So that's mine. Good. <laughs> and yeah, that's full time. That is when the players are walking up the up the stand into the um, the balcony area to get their to get the trophy and Mull of Kintyres come on. Ah, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've turned around and just seen all the scarves in the air. I think I've got probably 100 similar ones before the game as well. Um, but also, again, Mull of Kintyre before the game and during then, I was I was holding back tears as well. Yeah, me too. And before the semi-final. Yeah. those. I mean, the scarves and the sea of scarves. Yeah. I don't think you see that at Wembley too much, do you? The forest oh. And you hear so many people, especially the commentators saying that they've never heard it so loud as well but I'm not surprised just the just the backing that we've had this season why wouldn't we sell out Wembley we could have sold it over twice over and the, the during like I mean free from desire is going to be a bit of an anthem now but you had like old men bouncing up and down swinging scarves round do you know what I still, I still watch those fan videos of free from desire every single day yeah me too <laughs> every single day and I'm hope I always go on Twitter hoping that someone's released a, a new angle of it because it's just when that first bit kicks in and everyone's bouncing, I remember the exact feeling at Wembley. And I was thinking, obviously, besides having kids and marriage, this is the happiest that I've ever felt in my entire life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The same. Exactly. Exactly. It was amazing to see the whole, whole side of that stand just absolutely rocking. Did you? I asked Colin Frey this last week. Yeah. I suppose it applies to myself as well. Do you feel any difference covering a game like that? Any pressure that you think, oh, I've got to really nail this? This is a moment in history, or do you not try to think in those terms? Um, I like to think that I'm confident in my ability now that no matter how big the game is, that I can I can cover it as if I would normally would, or even better. Um, there were times throughout the game because obviously it wasn't the best game in general, action-wise. Um, it was rubbish. <laughs> yeah, to put it nice, uh, to put it politely. Um, there was just that sense of you wanted something more to happen, but as we were on, we were 1-0 up at half-time, going into that second half, you, you knew that there wasn't going to be much happening apart from backs against the wall, maybe the odd counter-attack now and again, but you kind of set up for, you know, it's going to be a long 45 minutes, especially being a Forest fan as well. Um, I think the last 10, 15 minutes I was sat attempting to take pictures but having to wipe my eyes a bit and thinking right don't think that we've won yet let's just concentrate on the last 10-15 minutes and then we'll see what happens as a technical question I often wonder about photographers yeah. I mean this is more related to goals and stuff 
yeah. how many photos are you taking of a goal? Is it literally hundreds and you pick out the best one or is it click, click, click and I don't yeah. know what the process is? So basically it's more of a case of, like I say earlier, if the players do run towards me, you could you can reel off 20 or 30 in a few seconds um, and then it just depends on how long they stay there for, how much they celebrate. Um, but on average, during a game at Forest at the City Ground, I'd say I take between 1,500 and 2,000 a game. And at Wembley, I took 8,000. Wow. Yeah, it was a different level. I remember probably, what, it's been two and a half weeks now since, and I probably stopped looking at the pictures about four, four or five days ago. Mental. Let's go yeah. on to the next one at Wembley. Um, yeah. This is with the trophy. Yeah. Well, I assume this is just because you're capturing that moment, that relief and that release of energy just from everyone as the, the celebration they've actually done it. Yeah. So I spent half the time actually running across the pitch backwards and forwards because so many of the players were actually running from one side of the pitch to the other with the trophy. So I wanted to try and capture everything. And then I remember turning around and seeing this group sort of congregate by the side of the pitch where all the other photographers were so I ran across as fast as I could snuck myself in between two other photographers right in the middle as you can see in the top left there's the uh, the sky camera lens and then there's another photographer's elbow I think it is that I've propped out so I'm actually I've got a gap of about that much but I've got the lens right in between them and that's what I managed to get through it and then you can see I like the fact that you can see Joe Worrell pouring a bottle of champagne over the top from the back in the middle as well oh yeah I wanted to ask you about Jed for photographing him because you seem to get good photos of Jed. Is there something particular about him in general that makes him photogenic? I think it's just his reactions. I mean, he's not shy at celebrating, is he? And I think even at full time when we win, he's one of those players that gives it a good scream and he's been really, really enjoyable to watch and photograph this season especially. And I remember I got some really good pictures of, um, of Jed with his family in the background celebrating. And there was one that the um, that someone mentioned on Twitter that I posted. I think they took it from my Instagram. And it was Jed's mum and dad, like, celebrating sharp in the background while Jed was celebrating with the trophy blurred in the foreground. Uh, so I sent it to him and I just said, this, this one's for the family. And he just put three love hearts and he put, wow, what a photo. Mm. And I think, he, I think he then put in capital letters, we are Premier League, so... Not reading anything into that, uh, but hopefully he'll be playing Premier League with us next season. Yeah, oh man, I hope so. I mean, as yeah. we record this, there might be developments as it goes, but yeah, I'd love him to come back. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned before about the dressing room and saving it for Wembley. Did you get in after in the dressing room after the, the final whistle? Yeah, so after the celebrations finished on the pitch, I think I ended up doing a lot of the staff groups, uh, the goalkeeper coaches, the physios, the nutritionist, everyone, they all wanted a part of it. I even got uh, my hands on the trophy as well. Um, there was uh, probably, I think it was me, Joe Worrell, Brennan, and then a couple of the guys in the physio department. They were all having a go with the trophy. And then Joe Worrell said to me, have you had a picture with the trophy yet? And I said, no. They said, you want one? And I said, well, I'm going to throw my cameras down now. I'm going to run to the trophy and I'm going to pick it up and run towards the crowd. And he said, no, you wouldn't dare. So I did it. <laughs> um, and then uh, we've got a we've got a good picture of that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pop it on my uh, social media in the next couple of days. I think just to uh, just to get it out there. But then after everyone sort of filtered off in 
off the pitch into the dressing room. I then followed them in. Um, and that's when the music started blaring, the champagne started popping. Uh, there was beer, there was water being thrown everywhere. The players and the staff were sliding down the middle of the, dress, uh, the dressing room floor while I positioned myself crouched down at the other end. So I was getting them sliding towards me on the floor while everyone else was pouring beer and, and water all over them. And then obviously the uh, the Sky guys came in with their with their board saying championship winners or whatever it was with the cameras. And yeah, then yeah. Never more a bottle of champagne each. And then it was just carnage. Couldn't see anything, but I thought, Do you know what? I don't care. Camera will get wet. I'm just going to get myself right in the mix of it. So yeah, I got some really good stuff. And uh, smell of beers only just come out of my camera now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> when did that experience sink in? Because that's not an average day at work for anyone, is it? It's not did at it? all. I think I was kind of just going with the uh, the momentum of the uh, the day after full time. And then I think once things settled down slightly in the dressing room, I thought, right, there's not actually going to be anything out there on our on our channels. So I need to get up back up to the press box. Um, got back up there and I sat outside and I was just looking at an empty stadium thinking, well, now this is sinking in, like we've done it. And then it's like a case of uploading, like I say, 8,000 photos and then trying to pick the best ones out of them. So yeah, it was a, it was a hard task, but an enjoyable one. Well, I've um, snuck one in uh, an extra one that you didn't send yeah. me, but oh, oh, yeah, this is one of you celebrating that someone yeah, was captured. my emotions to a T from the, after the game. So after probably about, I think it was after the board came up for how long it was added. I think it was six minutes. I spoke to Casey, our video videographer who was sat next to me. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to walk around to the bench and I'm going to get a picture of Steve celebrating at full time. Should we do it? Um, so I snuck around there and there was a little position where I could stand right next to the bench and I remember all the guys got off the bench and they were stood at the sideboards. And then Huddersfield had an attack. They kicked it out of play. And I remember looking at Yatesy and he looked at John Moss and he said, he must have said something like, how long? And he just said, that's it. And I was thinking, right, we've done it. We've done it. And then the final whistle went. Steve shook <laughs> the uh, the staff of Huddersfield's, this, uh, shook his hands and he didn't really celebrate. And I thought, mm. okay, now what? I've come all this way to take pictures of Steve celebrating, but he hadn't. And I didn't even realise that he'd walked past me, sat down in the seats behind me and took, put his head in his hands, which would have been obviously a great photo, but I didn't see that. All the players ran past me onto the pitch. I thought, right, I've got to get in there. So I ran fast I could onto the pitch and that's when it all came out. I was just screaming at the top of my lungs. Like, I've got a few seconds here to just like let it out before I get to the players and I've got to start taking pictures. And I was screaming the whole way down the sidelines. You're a lifelong Forest fan, then I take it. Oh yeah, yeah. Since day one, I've uh, I've been brought up around the uh, the club, and yeah, I've I've loved it ever since. Uh, dare I ask how old you are? I'm 36 now, so I think I said before I used to take pictures from I think it was 10 years old. My first game was the Umbro '96 tournament. I think it was a pre-season tournament we had against Chelsea, Man United, and Ajax. I think that was my first game. Um, yeah, so I was 10 years old, sat on the sidelines taking pictures of Gianfranco Zola, David Beckham. Um, I couldn't even tell you he was in the Ajax side at the time. But I remember David Beckham walking past me when I was sat in the tunnel. And I was thinking, wow, this is like a great position that I'm in right now. So I think from 10 years old, that's when I knew that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, 
That's not a bad uh, career idea, to be fair. Yeah. It's only a good early taste of it. Let's do the, the last photo, yeah. which is um, Market Square. Yeah. And obviously, this just shows it's mental how many people were there, really, wasn't it? It was crazy, from especially from the um, the time period that they actually got told that it was going to happen. I mean, I got told probably before the game that if we had won, that there were going to be celebrations at the Market Square. But obviously, we had to then go and win the game, which would have finished at probably half six, seven o'clock. And then from the turnaround from then, just to see so many people gathered at a square. I remember walking out onto the balcony just to take a quick picture of the fans and... You, you couldn't see anything else apart from Forest fans. It was it was incredible. Yeah, there's like twenty five thousand people there. It was, wow. it was crazy. Um, it was... Just looking ahead to next season, then. I mean, where are you looking forward to going? Because there's a whole new catalogue yeah. of grounds to go to. That's it. Yeah, I mean, home and away for me next season, as well as our um, as a, as well as our away photographer Josh. Um, so yeah, there's going to be two of us home and away. I think. You just got to look at the top six straight away, haven't you? I mean, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. I think Liverpool will be a really good one. Um, Man City, you can argue the fact that they're going to be an unbeatable force again. So it'll be interesting to see, obviously, how we fare against them. But I think we're just going to take such a good following to whatever ground we're at this season coming that uh, I'm just excited to go to all of them, really. How are you feeling about the prospects of staying up before we go? I mean, we're recording this when they haven't signed anyone. They might sign players in the next few yeah. days. Yeah, I think it's the case of we want to, first of all, stay in the division, but we want to try and consolidate a place in there. I mean, it'd be great to see us take on the likes of how Wolves and Brighton and teams like that have gone on since they've come up from the championship. I mean, why don't we see ourselves as club as, like, as big as them? Like, why not? We're just as big as those so why can't we become a team like that and form hopefully a, a solid place in the Premier League why not true true last one I meant to ask you I yeah. forgot a minute ago are you kind of pleased that still images still have such a big place because there's so much social media and so much video footage yeah. now and you know I mean my job 10 years ago wouldn't involve any video and now I do way more video than I do writing the media is changing a lot but Still image is what you do. Still, It's still integral, isn't it? Of course it is. I mean, you still see so many of the uh, nostalgic photos in and around the ground that a lot of them that my dad took during the uh, the late 70s and early 80s of those, of those sort of games. But, I mean, there's so many people with phones and their own, even their own cameras now, nowadays that you do think, when is it actually going to be a point where it's not needed? But I, I don't see that happening. I think there's always going to be a need for still photos professionally and... It just, like you say, it captures that emotion of the time where videos, you, you you get to see the whole moment. You get to relive so many things, but that that one moment that still can capture, it brings you back so many memories. Mm, mm. Do you count yourself lucky? Because it's hard to get jobs in the media now. Every photographer seems to work for Getty or struggle to yeah, yeah. play around freelance work. You, you count yeah. yourself fortunate. Incredibly lucky. I mean, how many people would love to be the club photographer at Forest's? Um, it's something that thankfully that I've been born into seeing as my dad started his journey at the club in 1978 which wasn't a bad season to start and uh, I think my first season properly that I did we were relegated to League One so 
oh, having their <laughs> having those glory days from from recently at Wembley. I mean, they're not on par with the uh, winning the Champions League back to back, but you can't grumble at a playoff final win. I mean, uh, it's just so nice to have that memory behind me now, and the fact that I'm in such a great position. It's just not one that I will ever take for granted. Excellent. Uh, we'll leave it there. Like I said, I'm going to post all the images either on my Twitter or the podcast Twitter. So my Twitter is at Matt Davis underscore yep. NP and uh, Garibaldi Reds is at Garibaldi Red underscore. So if you've listened to this on iTunes, you want to see the photos, we'll post them there. Uh, in the meantime, if you enjoyed it on YouTube and uh, iTunes, do like and subscribe as normal. Richie, thanks very much. Have you done anything like this before? It's a bit I haven't actually. Comfort no, zone. No, no. I've really enjoyed it, though. Good. Well, I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Hope everyone else who watched along uh, and listened enjoyed it. We'll be back uh, next Monday with a different guest. I've got two or three lined up, so we'll get something out and keep going through the summer. And in the meantime, we shall see everyone soon.